Good evening, and welcome to Terry's Mysterious Moments. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the program. Now, on with tonight's show. Good evening, everybody. This is Terry from Texas with another Terry's Mysterious Moments. Texas is a very large state. It's got a lot of stories. It's got a lot of mysteries. It's got a lot of history. It's just got a lot. Well, I want to touch on some of the unsolved Texas mysteries tonight. One of them being the Texas Killing Fields. Alongside I-45 between South Houston and Galveston, since the 70s, it has been a favorite dumping ground of someone who has killed over 30 women and children. It is thought that these deaths are the work of a serial killer, but there's been no evidence to suggest who it might be, where they might live, or any other pertinent facts to the case. This was turned into a movie called The Texas Killing Fields. Uh, a few years back, it was a pretty dark film, and it wasn't a bad film, but I think there was a lot of poetic license and, and uh, creative artistic license taken with the with the story but it is a place that does exist and if you've ever traveled over there between Houston and Galveston you know how kind of swampy and backwater the area is so yes it's very possible that these things still exist over there Houston apparently in the 70s and 80s even up into the 90s, has been a very rough place for people. There have been so many killings and odd deaths. And if you hear a strange noise, don't worry. That's my cat in the background going nuts. He's okay. Um, there have been so many killings in Houston over the years. Houston had a bad reputation when I was in junior college. So I kind of stayed away from there because I had no reason to go there since I wasn't from there. But anyway, uh, August 23rd, 1990 turned out to be a bad night for a particular young pair of, of uh, attached young people. They were going to be married, apparently. 22-year-old Cheryl Henry and 21-year-old Andy Atkinson were parking in a very popular wooded area west of Houston. And it was a well-known lover's lane, so it was commonly used. Later, the car was found right where they had parked it, but the couple were found in the woods a little while, a little ways off. 
Cheryl had been violated and then murdered. Her body was found partially under a pile of wood. Andy apparently died after her and had apparently been made to watch the brutality done to his fiancée. He was found tied to a tree and had his throat slashed in such a manner that his head was nearly decapitated. There is a Facebook page dedicated to these two that's still in existence. Some of these events gave rise to movies. One of these gave rise to a law, to something that is in effect today because a young girl lost her life. The well-known Amber Alert Law or Amber Alert System came into being because of a young nine-year-old girl from Arlington, Texas named Amber Hagerman who was abducted on January 13, 1996. And as an aside, I have read that slow response times from the original reporting of the incident to the searching beginning for the girl uh, are sometimes blamed for the reason she was not found. Four days after she went missing, a man was out walking his dog and found her body. And her abduction and murder gave rise to the creation and implementation, as I said, of the Amber Alerts. Those things that we get on our phone. Those things that we see on the streets, on the, on the signs over the highways. Those Amber Alerts that come across the TV and, and across radio. It is said that the Amber Alert system has saved over 700 children. So even in the midst of something terrible, something good has come out of it. The Orchard Apartment murders in southwest Houston back in 1979. On July 27, 1979, the body of Alice Rankin was found in her apartment by a co-worker who had come to pick her up take her to work. She had been violated tied at the ankles, and decapitated. Two weeks later, and two floors above Ms. Rankin's apartment, Mary Michael Calcutta was found stabbed in her bathroom. She had been stabbed several times, and the police, one of the policemen interviewed said that she died harder than any murder victim he'd ever seen because she fought her attacker until she could fight no more. She was stabbed so badly at one point that it bent the knife that she was stabbed with. There are other murders that police want to attach to these two, but there's not really enough evidence except in similarity. I believe there's upwards of five people that they think were killed by this particular person. There is no good time to lose a family member. And around Christmas is very possibly the worst. This story is called The Missing Trio of Fort Worth. December 23rd, 1974. 
last-minute last Christmas shopping led to one of the long-time and ongoing mysteries in Fort Worth, Texas. Three girls, Rachel, Terlika, and I hope I'm not saying these names wrong, who was 17, Renee Wilson, who was 14, and Julianne Mosley, who was 9, disappeared while on a shopping run to a local mall without a trace. I don't know if they disappeared on the way, or from the mall, or while they were leaving to come home. That is still unsolved. There is absolutely no evidence to say what happened to these three girls. Outside of Port Lavaca is apparently, or was apparently, a tavern called the Crossroads Tavern. On June 25, 1981, William Willard Baugh's wife, excuse me, Willard Baugh's wife, went to the Crossroads Tavern to find her husband. She found him and three women. All had been shot. The three women were dead, but Mr. Baugh held on for 28 days before succumbing to his wounds. Apparently, he could offer no information as to the perpetrators of the killings. No other information is told about the story. An ongoing situation that I remember well, abductions and murders and bodies being found of young women all up and down the I-35 corridor, from South Texas to North Texas and beyond. A man who is, for lack of a better word, just plain evil. Henry Lee Lucas was said to have admitted to most of these murders, but he admitted to over 3,000 murders, so they don't think he did that many, but he probably did most of what he said. October 31st of 1979, a white female's body was found only wearing orange socks. And it was found alongside I-35 in Georgetown, Texas. She had been violated, strangled, and then tossed from an overpass. She has never been identified. Henry Lee Lucas did admit to doing this murder, but then he recanted, so there's no evidence that I know of that they've been able to identify even a suspect. The yogurt shop murders. This one is particularly sad because I remember it well. In December, on December 6th of 1991, an Austin Police Department officer found smoke coming from a yogurt shop on his rounds. Fire department was called and the fire was put out. And in going through the rubble of the building,
The bodies were of four girls aged 13 to 17 were found in the rubble. Some of them had been violated. All of them reportedly were naked and they had all been shot in the head. They did arrest a couple of young men, but they were later turned loose on lack of evidence regarding the incident. Here's another story that Hollywood has taken to heart. Back in the day, when I was in high school, or maybe even younger, there was a movie that came out. It was called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And if you're as old as I am, or maybe even a little younger, you might remember the picture of the man with the the flower sack hood over his face with just the eyes cut out. It happened in Texarkana, Texas, back in 1946, between February 22nd, 1946 and May 3rd, 1946. Texarkana, Texas residents lived in fear for a murderer stalked the darkness. Eight, eight people were attacked. Five of those people died. The attacks were only at night and they were usually three weeks apart. Texarkana rolled up its sidewalks at dark. Texas Rangers took the case, including renowned Ranger M.T. Lone Wolf Gonzalez. Recently, a culprit was named, but he had never been arrested or accused or convicted. I'm not sure if he still lives or not, but I, that being so long ago, I would say probably not. Now we come to a very horrendous set of circumstances that happened in Austin, Texas. In 198, I'm sorry, in 1884 and 1885. Contemporary reports of this story refer to this as the Servant Girl Annihilator. Eight females, all who worked as servants for other families, were attacked by night in their private residences, apparently knocked unconscious and dragged outside where they were violated and murdered. The murderer was never identified, although some people think that he was actually Jack the Ripper just on a trip to the U.S. I've read on a website dedicated, or a, a Facebook page dedicated to this, no, it is a website, dedicated to this story, and it's called the Servant Girl Annihilator, um, or the Servant Girl Murders, uh, one or the other, and there is a supposition that after the last murder took place, 
there was a young black man who was seen beating up on and being verbally abusive to another girl whom he dragged out of a saloon or a, a public house and took her to a private residence where he continued to beat on her and yell at her. A local policeman came along and the bar owner and a customer went to the house and the bar owner and the customer went in the house to try to pull him off of the girl and he was so enraged that he threw them off like rag dolls. Well, the policeman got involved and tried to handcuff him and he was taken down, knocked to the floor and he heard a gunshot. So he pulled his gun and shot this man, mortally wounding him, but he didn't die until the next day. But he shot him to where he was paralyzed. And they got absolutely no information from him as to why he was doing what he did or if he may have been connected to the other murders. But interestingly enough, after he died, the murderers, murderers quit. So it's a, a good possibility because there was some evidence, apparently, excuse me, that the murderer who committed all these murders barefooted left footprints in mud and the right foot was missing a toe. Interestingly enough, the man that the policeman shot was found to have one toe missing from his right foot. So could this have been the person? Yes, it could have. Uh, I don't know that it was. 130 years ago almost, you know, it's anybody's guess. There are other mysteries in Texas, um, and many of them are more macabre than this. Some of the stories I did not tell tonight because I thought they were a little too far over the edge. Not disbelief, but stomach churning you know, bad for the mind, and I just didn't want to tell those. But that's my story, or my stories, for this week. And I want to thank you for listening. Those of you that are faithful listeners, I appreciate that. Those of you that write in with stories, I appreciate those too, and I've gotten some stories in the last week or two that I will be putting on a future broadcast, so stay tuned. I'll let you know when they're going to be on. And they are of a paranormal nature. And I may have an update to another story that I told earlier. So, listen every week. I come out on Wednesdays. Also listen to Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast with Aaron Hunter on Mondays. He's usually got some very good stories, uh, listener stories that they've sent in. Uh, Aaron's a real nice guy, and I like him, and I like Britt, who does his studio for him. So, if you want to send me a story, you want to send me a comment, you want to say hi, you can contact me at Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook, or at Terry's Mysterious Moments 
at gmail.com. That's Terry's Mysterious Moments on Facebook or Terry's Mysterious Moments at gmail.com. Again, I thank you for listening and have a good night. Bye-bye.